Welcome back to Bear With Me. The Boston Bruins are now 19-5-4, and, and that is good enough for first in the Atlantic. I'm pulling it up as we speak. First in the Eastern Conference and second in the National Hockey League. My name is Joey Capone. That's Rob Tachi. Rob, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How you doing, Joey? I'm doing good, dude. Um, I hate hearing you call me Joey because no, you don't do it in real life. But uh, as I said so it, and I was like, know? I don't. I was like, I don't it's know. Never natural, Joey. but that's okay. It's the nope. show. It's the persona. This is all fake. What I put on, I really speak with a British accent. Um, now we're doing this show a little bit differently uh, because of last night's theatrics. Last night being Friday night, and the uh, shootout win over the New York Islanders. We figured that game kind of deserved our immediate attention, so we're recording half of this show right now, Saturday, before the Rangers game. And then we will be back tomorrow when this episode is coming out on Sunday uh, with a second half of the show. So we're going to have an intermission in the middle of the show. It won't be long for you guys, but maybe. Maybe we'll make it like 30 minutes. We'll just play. We'll make it a full day. Like yeah, we'll real have, time. yeah. We're going to leave this recording until we come hours. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you can just hear us, you know, making dinner and all that in the background but uh yeah no we're we're unaware of the rangers game at this point so later in the show if you're looking for the rangers coverage if something crazy happened uh we will not be talking about it in the first half of this show uh that will be in the second half but it had been a while first of all and then that islanders game was just too uh there are too many things too many things eventful Eventful was the word I was looking for. Thank you. Too eventful mm-hmm. to not talk about right away. So do you even want to go back and talk about these other games first? Or do you want to just dive into the to the Islanders game? We could just dive into the Islanders. I think like we'll naturally bring up points probably from the Devils game. Um, mm-hmm. But I, there were, the Islanders game alone could be an episode. So I think that's fine to start there. Yeah, let's do it. Um, now, that's not what I was trying to do. Sorry. <laughs> Good start. What are you? This 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 is in contention. I'm for game of the year. It's up there. Monty called it the win of the year. I'm pretty sure he said it, or it might be the win of the year. I think is what he said. Yeah, he said win of the year. Just definitively. Yeah, I think that's fair because very uh, very often this year when they get down or when they're battling with a team, or when it goes overtime, you don't feel all too confident. And this one this one kind of rewrote their narrative a little bit. They showed that they are capable of sticking with a team when they're getting outshot, when they're getting, uh, you know, they're going tit-for-tat goal-wise. Um, and it kind of felt like it, too. It kind of felt like they were, they were going to stay in this one. Uh, your initial thoughts. I, I think this was probably their best. I mean, I agree with Montgomery. This is the biggest win so far. And I think it's a great character win, which we have not seen a lot of this year. They came back three different times in this game from being down twice in the third period. And initially coming back from 2-0. Like they let up, uh, I mean, no no period or no goals in the first period. And whenever that happens, like the longer it takes for anybody to score, there's more and more weight on it. So the, for the Islanders to get the next two, that sucked. Um, but again, just like constantly digging down. I, it never felt like they were out of it. I think at one point you texted me, you were like, in my head, we're winning right now. Like it was just one of those games that like, even though the score doesn't reflect it, it just feels like you're the better team. 
so it felt great. I this this heart, game got my fucking heart rate going. Um, a lot oh, of yeah. do uh, I again? We talk a lot about how we don't want to talk a lot about this, but the, the refing was really really bad this game, and not even like penalties, but like offside calls, icing calls, like ticky tacky stuff. Like mm-hmm. like was it like I don't know if it was like a really young referee or what, but there was a lot of like shitty calls. The creme de la creme being the tripping call to end regulation on with Boston 17 Rock. seconds left you in a tie, in a tie game. game you better be goddamn sure that that's a trip before you call it a trip wasn't at all or it better affect the play at the very least it was in the corner there's nothing he it just didn't lost affect his edge. It, i understand you know you give a penalty shot in a in a situation like that you know last couple seconds of the game or whatever like or or something egregious, something that uh, intent to cause injury or something like that, something dirty or something that takes away a scoring chance or creates a scoring chance. That was none of that. That was just absolutely none of that. It's just insane. Even if it was a legitimate trip, which it surely wasn't, I think I can say this unbiasedly, I think. If that was the other way around, too, I would still say, like, don't call that. It's the closing seconds of a tie game. And it didn't. It it might have changed possession in the corner, but that was that was egregious. I think that it, it's funny how much the result of the game impacts how you look at the refereeing. Because I'm almost glad that those things happen in a game where we win, because it adds to the drama and it adds to the frustration and it adds to the blood pressure. And it makes it a more dramatic win. It makes the story better. You know, if it's WWE, you know, the the moments where like, you know, the ref gets knocked out and oh, is he going to get up in time to see that the good guy pinned him and they still win? It just it added to the drama, you know, but if it flips the other way, if the refereeing is bad and you lose, it's a million times more upsetting. But to add referee drama to the in-game drama that that this had like you said that that character building character win come from behind never led in the game until the end of the shootout um kind of win to me looking at it big picture wise it just it added to the story and i'm happy that it happened but there is a refereeing problem when you take a step back and look at how things have been not only for us but uh across the league there's there's a refereeing problem and I don't think it's whining and bitching to get on here and say that because it goes both ways. It goes, it goes every which way. There's soft calls being made. There's uh, egregious calls being missed. There's uh, there's a suspension problem too. There's a, the the Department of Player Safety is incredibly inconsistent. There's so little correct policing of the game going on that I'm amazed that not just the Bruins, but across the league, things haven't gotten more physical and that there hasn't been more fights, that there hasn't been more self-player policing because that's what this stuff leads to and it just hasn't happened. Yeah, I, I David Perron comes to mind when I think about that. Um, that might be unfair. It's just a really extreme example lately, getting that six-game suspension for cross-checking the guy in the side of the head. Um yeah. I think that's I think that's appropriate. Yeah, right? it's like just that's, like that's a, a good one. It's downstream of something that it, it could have been nipped in the bud earlier than it was. Um, and yeah. to your comment about 
um, getting the win after that kind of refereeing special. It, it's you won despite of it or in spite of that instead of losing because of it. Right. Those are two very different emotions, two very different perspectives to have. Um, I think we would have a lot more energy right now if we lost and be like what the fuck happened to these refs like imagine mm-hmm. like 10 seconds in the overtime and they score and the game that's the game like a four on I three power that was play. happening i totally assumed that was happening four on three overtime that's deadly that is it might it's as well be, that's like seven on five in regulation like that's there's so much space uh but luckily the penalty kill was monstrous lately for boston yeah uh, crazy power play game for both teams so the mm-hmm. Bruins had three power play goals this game, which not, I don't know what's going they on. Were, they, Rob, there were five consecutive power play goals. That's crazy. You're right. Yeah. I, I can't recall the last time I saw that. I don't know. Yeah, that's, it's bananas. It also shows the impact that the referees have on the game. Yeah. Um, there's there's there a lot of seven power plays and five of them resulted in goals. Like, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. Five for seven. That's yeah. crazy. Um, a lot of people in this game I want to talk about. Uh, we'll, yeah. Let's start with Geeky. Let's absolutely start with Morgan Geeky. So Morgan Geeky, for the New Jersey Devils game, mm-hmm. got pushed up to the top line. And many people, myself included, were like, hmm, the fourth liner? Uh, this is all like in conjunction with like the stuff going on with Patra, which we'll get to as well. Uh, are we, are we going to talk about Patra this episode, do you think? You think this is going to be an episode where we we mention Pat, Patra's name? No, we already did, so we can move on. Yes. Uh, so it was kind of a little surprising. I think everybody was like, "Oh, I think some people were like, that's bad. Like this is like an indication of where we're at right now. That this is tough. Like we don't have Zaka. Patra is on the shortest leash imaginable, and we're putting up a guy that's been good, not great, and playing bottom six roles up until now." And immediately, immediately in that Devils game was like, oh, by, I can be a 1C, by the way. I didn't, you, I was on the fourth line, so I played like a fourth line center. But if you put me up, I'll play like a first line center. He looks like Coil. He's just a second Charlie Coil. I mean, Coil looks better than Coil. He looks like new Coil. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I have but- no idea. Like, this Morgan Geeky is the guy that the media has been speculating about the Bruins trading for, you know, getting that, getting a a, a real offensive firepower kind of guy, a grinding kind of guy, someone to add some, some fire and also be a a true secondary scorer. It he's here. He's here. I don't know if it's sustainable, but that's the kind of guy you're looking for. It's like, you got a glimpse into what, what people were talking about. If he keeps playing like that, I think the conversation dies out. I don't think that you need more firepower. If Morgan geeky's like that and you get Zaka back and coil keeps playing the way he's playing. That's that's the offensive firepower you've needed. He is so fun to watch. He's the kind of guy I know that my dad is sitting at home, like yelling at the TV in a good way. Like that he's like, hey, dig, dig, get in there. He is ferocious, bro. It's he does not collar, give up one plays. Blue collar with a scoring touch. Exactly. Which is like, that's a very Bruins thing to say. That's generally their MO. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, two goals in two games, three points in two games since going to the top line, like doing so well that now we're like, oh shit, Zaka might 
not get, get that spot back when he's at least for the time being it's like you got to ride the hot hand like if he's playing like a top line center and producing don't rock the boat but it's montgomery so who even knows he might even get benched but there i am pleasantly surprised with the play of morgan geeky just very physical inside edge doesn't quit um so much going on i i there's a lot of things i want to talk about here so it yeah, was I, even before the scoring like this was not the most exciting game like there it wasn't dead it wasn't like what people make bruins islanders games out to be or really specifically islanders games out to be mm-hmm. um but again going down 2-0 on the road tough and we got to just talk about Linus Olmark. what in what way Oh my God, every way. What a house. What a brick wall. And right now, we, I mean, in general, I would like to talk about his play, but for context in this game, the saves he made to keep this game 2 0, and you know the one I'm talking about, that stretch out just catching it with the skate blade, like that net could not have been more open. And he makes that save transition brick on the call turn that into a goal and they're on the power play that would have been a short-handed they would have let up a short-handed goal to go down three nothing on the road and Linus Omar makes that save and they send it the other way and Morgan Geeky cashes it in in the bumper it couldn't it was so perfect because the bumper's been a point of contention lately where they haven't really had a great person who's taken over for Bergeron since he retired. And he was the fucking king of the bumper. No one in the league did it better. So it, I don't know. It was just a crazy sequence. Like I, I couldn't believe when he made that save. Like, I don't even know what noise I made. It It's not reproducible, but it just, the whole thing was gorgeous. I loved it. Yeah. Trade him. Get him out of here. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm all good. Thanks. <laughs> Obnoxious. Dude, the I absolutely love Linus for a million reasons, but shutting that conversation the fuck up might be my favorite thing he's ever done. To go out and put up the kind of performances that he has recently after the conversation around him has been like, well, what could you get in return for the reigning Vezina winner? Shove it up your ass. Here, you, you can get this. How about you get what I give you? Because you're not going to get this anywhere else you're not going to replicate this like you have you're just going to suddenly double jeremy swayman's workload and get what bussy up here bussy sorry (laughs) (laughs) that's going to take years uh (laughs) it's going to take years off my fucking life if i have to keep saying it um but yeah i mean he on top of being um uh, sound in a um, practical, traditional style. He's also flashy and fun. And like, I think that's what Bruins fans need. They need a little bit of that just for the, the casual fan anyway. Because if you look at, you know, not to go back to this conversation, I'm really sorry I'm about to do this, but the, the way the crowd <laughs> looks at Thomas versus Rask I really think it's as simple as uh, like personality. Like I understand it's also the cup that that's a part of it too for morons out there who still don't love Tuka Rask. But 
I think it's also having personality and flash and style and all that stuff and having grit and tenacity and all those buzzwords. And Linus has that as well. So why you would ever want to move on from him until you have to, or until he shows signs of regression, I have zero idea. Like this is a Boston goaltender through and through. I don't, I'm sorry to even bring up the conversation. We don't need to be talking about it. We should just be praising what he did and talking about how goddamn good he is. But uh, we we did mention this a few weeks ago that when they were both struggling, Swayman and Olmark, we speculated, like, does one of them return stronger than the other or do they both just snap back at the same time? And I think they've both just snapped back at the same time. Which is what I think we were saying. I, yeah, I think it's what you predicted. I think that I, I think I was wrong. I'll I'll put my hand up on that. I think I'll that take I your word for that. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember you being pretty staunchly like, "Now, nah, when one of them gets going, they'll, they'll get each other going," and that's what's happened. Yeah, I I I, I agree with all that. Uh, Olmark is, I well, the conversation about him getting traded that died big and time. Then, and, <laughs> and then I just see an article. It's like, should the Bruins trade Olmark? Quote Mike Milbury. I'm like. Dude, <laughs> like, come on. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, hey, me we, too. I'm dumb too. <laughs> yeah. It's like he was just like waiting for everyone to like silence for a moment so he could jump in, but he waited too long. And now it's like, he that waited until the that stupid was, train that was three left weeks town. ago, dude. Like, that's no, we're all set. We're good. Like, you know the, he only the had stupid an... train has left the station. He's like, hey, guys, I'm dumb too. Like, what are you, what are you fucking talking about? Welcome to the show, bro. Um, now to move on a little bit, unless you had more Olmark stuff. No, that's fine for now. I just um, wanted to, he had an eight nine two that game, which is crazy. It is pretty crazy. Um, but it's funny. Razor says the same thing every time that the Bruins win um in a game where they let up a lot of goals. Or even if they don't win, he's like he'll be like, Yeah, you know, Linus let up seven goals tonight, but if you have anybody else out there, they let up fifteen. He loves that. It's yeah. like Razor. Yeah. That's I don't know. <laughs> I get what you're getting at, bro. Yeah, he had some great saves, but I don't know if an average goaltender is giving up 15 goals in this. If game, they didn't bro. have a goalie in net, a hundred goals, there would have been a hundred goals. So it would. You, you, you tell me. You tell me, <laughs> dude. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Should the Bruins uh, um, trade Omark and Swayman? <laughs> Do the Bruins need a goaltender? You're not going to put a goaltender in the net in the playoffs. It's you stupid. can't play two at the same time. Why even play, you can't play a goalie? Listen, no team that's ever won the Stanley Cup has ever played a goalie in the playoffs. It's stupid. I love, uh, I'm, I'm not going to listen to it. I yearn for the confidence that Michael P. Felger has when he talks about hockey. I think the what, word you're looking for is arrogance. What brazen brass balls to get in front of a camera and a microphone and just talk about something you don't fucking know. How amazing is that? Can you imagine if somebody asked you to come on a podcast and talk about the intricacies of of uh, producing Billie Eilish's last album? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I can get on and, talk, and get on very sternly and be like, they're, they're, no, no, they, it's stupid. They shouldn't be doing since. Is that a, a dulcimer? Ugh, obnoxious. Get it out of here. It's the same energy as people who like go on television as sign language interpreters but don't know sign language yeah it's the equivalent it's the same thing i'm like we all see we we know you don't know what you're doing but it's so entertaining and it gets people so mad that it kind of just circles around to being effective again where it's like all right well i guess it's working did i ever tell you my uh sign language story from when i worked at best buy 
I know, but you did tell me a Spanish story that's really funny, but I don't think I know the sign language one. I was working at Best Buy and um, I was selling cameras. So I'm standing in the camera department and this couple is looking at cameras and I go over to them, two ladies, and I'm like, hey, can I help you find anything? And they don't say anything to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, geez, I'll, I'll fuck off then. And uh, I disappear and like 10 minutes later, they're still looking at the cameras. So I walk over and kind of get more in their face and I wave and I'm like, hey, can I help you at all? And they like look at me and they smile and they look at each other and they say, I'm not going to do the voice. They say, uh, we're deaf. And in my, <laughs> this is awful. In my head, I was like, oh, so I'll speak sign language to them. This is all subconscious. I'm like, oh, so I'll speak sign language. And so I start signing the caveat here. I don't know sign language. <laughs> I just started doing it. And I'm not actually doing it. I just started moving my fingers and hands at them for, for a quick moment and then quickly caught myself, apologized verily, and left them alone. Uh, it was, I think about it all the time. It's one of those things that keeps me up at night that I just crosses my mind while I'm Did you just say verily? I did say verily. Interesting. Mm. That That's so similar to the other story, too. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Did I try to were, speak Spanish to somebody? You technically did. So they you there was a couple looking at cameras, and they were talking Spanish to each other, and you went to them, you went, Tienes preguntas? And they yeah, looked yeah, at you, yeah. smiled, and started talking Spanish to you, and then you had to look at them and be like, I don't speak Spanish. Yeah. And then you walked away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like I wouldn't be I have real confidence with, with other languages for no reason. <laughs> Someone came up to me. Hey, do you have any questions? Oh, yeah, no, this I don't speak English. And it's My bad, away. dude. No, I'll blow. <laughs> I don't know, man. The lamest punk of all time. <laughs> gotcha. I don't speak Spanish. Fucking dumbass. Idiot. Gotcha. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, Felger getting on <laughs> and uh, and I don't remember what we were talking about with, with Felger's brazen confidence. Um. Omar. Oh, they're not going to platoon goalies, whatever. Yeah, that's just, it's hilarious. And he's also like, no no other top team has a goalie tandem like that. It's like, really? Because the best team in the National Hockey League right now is the Vegas Golden Knights. And I dare you to look up their goalies. I dare <laughs> you to look up where they rank. Because are both of their goalies top five in both categories? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, have we talked a, about like a second of research, Mike. <laughs> have we talked about him making a comment that the reason he doesn't like Jake DeBrest is because he got Cassidy fired? Yeah, I mean, which is I'm like you read the headline of an article two years ago and formed a complete fabrication of the story about what happened. Like it's that, insane. that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what happened. No, he's like, I, I don't like you got you got Cassidy fired. Yeah, and they've been Cassidy awful got since, Cassidy fired, and like, they've been awful since Cassidy got fired. Right? Yeah, right. If only yeah. they still had Bruce here, then God knows how many wins they would. Be. Maybe then they'd have an. 820 win percentage. Like, I was going to say, oh no. Your entire ass. Um, now, here's the thing I wanted to move on to. <clears throat> on the injured reserve, the Boston Bruins, Pavel Zaka with uh, an upper body injury. Uh, he was placed there uh, this past Thursday. He already has an expected return date, though, uh, which is Tuesday, mm -hmm. the 19th. Uh, Charlie McAvoy also placed on the IR on Thursday with an upper body injury. Confirmed not a concussion. 
which is funny because it, it's a concussion. Uh, and uh, no expected return date for him as of this moment. Uh, Derek Forbert also placed on there. I think this might have been uh, before our last show, but uh, he was put there on the 7th with an undisclosed long-term injury. So he is slated for a return January 2nd, 2024. 30, 31st. The 31st, they moved it? Yeah, he's eligible to return the 31st. It's okay. 10 games, 24 days for long-term. And then for regular IR, it's seven days. Okay. So when they put McAvoy on the IR, he had already missed seven days. So technically, he could have come back immediately. Uh, my thinking was that the reason they put Zaka and McAvoy on the IR is because they probably they were list, both listed as day to day, but they had missed two games since they said that. And I was mm-hmm. gathering that they're like, all right, well, they're probably not going to play Friday. And if they're not going to play Friday, they probably won't play Saturday. So just put them on the IR. We can call up a couple people and then get through the weekend, and then they'll both play Tuesday. I'm expecting Zaka and Chuck to return Tuesday. Chuck too, huh? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, and again, I not I only did they Chuck. say it's not a concussion, they're like, it's not the head. They're like, it's upper body, but it's not his head. Like, we all saw him get elbowed in the face. Like, it's like, we yeah. can't. It's such an NHL thing to do. Like, there might be something going on, but it's kind of hard to watch that replay of him getting elbowed in the face, going down, being dazed, going to the locker room, and not returning for a week, and being like, yeah, but that's not what it was. That's no, totally no, un- no, totally no, no. unrelated. No, his shoulder's bothering him. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, other other IR note, I don't know if people know this. Do you know who else is on the long-term IR right now? For the Bruins? Yeah. Uh, Lucic. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if people. It's because he's in the substance abuse program. He is on the long-term IR for an ankle injury. What? Oh, which, that's right. I forgot which, he was injured. Right. I, I we talk about this pretty often, which is ironic. Uh, mm-hmm. Constantly saying I'm forgetting about him. That like I'll like right. look up the stats and I'm like, oh my god, right? He's still on the team. Are they leaving him employed by the team so he can? still have access to the substance abuse program. I would think that's what they're doing. I would think so. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know the science there. the the science. I don't know the business there. I don't know if that's how it works or if he just has like players. So I don't know if like them releasing him would make him ineligible for the program or not. I don't know how that works, but if that is the case, then that might be why they're keeping him around just as a sign of good faith to let him go do his thing. I mean, they have to pay him out anyway, or a majority of it anyway, if they were to release him. So, that might be what they're doing, but um, they really, really, really dodged a bullet there because everybody was like, they better release him, and then they didn't, and that conversation really died out. And not to bring it all back up and say they should or whatever, but like, uh, it's it's amazing that they dodged that PR bullet because people were really, really firm on, like, they better release him, and they just didn't. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to until his hearing, which isn't until January. Um, That's just my guess is that they're going to wait for that to kind of happen first. And then they'll be like, all right, now you're gone. Um, Now is a good time, I think, to bring up you. you, You're nodding. You know where I'm going. Okay, so when he left, when he left, there was the very not even a big discussion, but like a few people postulating like. Okay, does he leave a big enough hole the Bruins need to actively fill it? And at the time, people were like, no, like they've been winning without him. They're fine without him. Like he's your fourth, he's a fourth line guy. Like he's not that 
that significant to you winning hockey games. Not right. to say he wasn't helping. Um, but I, I think, at least for me, I've changed my tune on my response because I also agreed. I'm like, no, they're fine. The, the Bruins, and it pains me to say this, they're kind of a soft team right soft. now. They're a soft team right now. They're, they put up with a lot. They don't respond to a lot. Like, how many no. times is Swayman going to get run before Carlo or Lindholm pushes somebody through the post? Like, Swayman just is having to go after people who are going Or just gets him. in front of somebody and puts a hand on their chest. Just something. There's not even that. Yeah. So, so I, 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 my, my belief is that the Bruins most right now, offense has kind of started to be problematic. They just put up four goals in regulation. That's okay. Um, but right now, I, I want more grit. I want more physicality. I want a fourth liner whose primary responsibility is to just be a big body and hit people, tenderize people. That's what I want. And, and the I thing is, to not to give too much credit, real quick, not to give too much credit to Luch because we all expected him to be that, but he wasn't really that when he was here. I, I think he was. Was he Was he in those corners? Like, was he? Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I remember very little of, of him being here, but what I don't remember is having a moment where I'm like, hell yeah, that's why we have Luch. No, there was a few of those. There was there people was. would okay. abandon the puck in the corners if he was coming. Like okay. he was just right. intimidating. Like I'll look chalk that one so up hard. to my memory. Yeah, no, he he definitely it was that plus like a nice passing touch. Like he was even better than I expected. Um, but this is all to go back to saying that I texted you and I was like, How would you feel about the Bruins trading for a cheap fourth liner? So on pace for about 40 to 50 points and plays about 13 minutes, tons of playoff experience, and would just be a big body and would hit people. How would you feel about that? And you very astutely were like, I'm not gonna like who this is. You're like, you're at you're like, you knew I was wording it in a way that I had to like give you 95% of the details before the shitty 5% showed up. Yeah. And you correctly assumed I was talking about Patrick Maroon. Yeah. I I wouldn't hate Patrick Maroon right now. I would. I wouldn't hate that. I really wouldn't. Uh, he's got 11 points so far. He's playing 13 minutes a game, like I said. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. Be an awkward conversation between himself and Jack Edwards. Uh, I He got picked up from the Lightning for a seventh-round pick, and he is making the vet minimum right now. That must have been difficult for them to pick him up Yeah, because he's so fat. There it is. Go on. He's, you know, he's listed at 234. Yeah, that ain't true. Yeah, that, that was. I weigh thing. 240. That was the whole thing with Jack is he was like, he's listed at this. I think this number was a few cheeseburgers ago. Yeah, he was like, he had a couple pizzas since then. Yeah. His nickname is Big Rig and Fat. We don't have to rehash this. We all know how we feel about whatever, this. Jack whatever. did nothing wrong. Uh, but I, I genuinely don't think that'd be a bad pickup. I have no idea Here's, if the Wild are, are at all interested in letting him go. I know they're not in a great spot right now in standings. Um, and I, I there's like no whisperings of the team doing this. But it's been a few, I think Locked On Bruins talked about this. And a few other people were like, what about Pat Maroon? And I like it. I would not hate that. I would not hate that. The Wild are second to last in the Central above the Blackhawks. They are 11, 12, and 4. Um Pretty crazy you can be 11, 12, and 4 and be near the bottom of the central. That's something. Um, but here's what I would posit, bro. I don't think you need one body. I don't think having one guy on your bench who 
can get physical changes much. I think this is a team identity thing. I think this is a coaching thing. I think it's a mentality thing because, okay, so 13 minutes a game, you have somebody on the ice who's more physical. Is he going to inspire other people to suddenly get more physical? I would say probably not. Like, I think this is a conversation that goes to coaching and mentality because, and it's hard to believe that the conversation hasn't already happened, which is a little concerning to me because it's, it's so, so apparent, man. Like when, when this has been a conversation around the team for a couple weeks, maybe a month. And then, you know, there are instances where people are crashing the net hard and, you know, taking late hacks at Swayman and Lindholm is just standing there and Carlo is just standing there and Grizz is Grizz. on planet Jupiter. Like, I don't, I don't know what needs to be said or done, but I don't, I'm not entirely convinced that it would take the presence of Pat Maroon to entirely change how this team operates in gritty moments or moments that should be gritty. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe he maybe I'm wrong, and he would inspire people and change the way that the game is being played. Um, I'm all for veteran presence, but I also just as a fan would have a tough time rooting for Pat Maroon. I really don't like him at all. Can I ask uh, you a question? Yeah, hit it. How how did you feel about Garnet Hathaway before he came to Boston? No, don't do that because that's not. <laughs> it's that's the not same good. thing. No, it's same not. Thing. No, it's not. I had way. Way hated Hathaway. Oh, I didn't. I miss him more than I can say. I that is the guy I I desperately wish we kept Hathaway right now. Sure. Yeah. 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 Him. I mean, there's so many members of that team last year that would would be sweet here. Or here right now would be fucking awesome. Are you kidding me? But but that's just I I didn't feel a certain way about Hathaway. I thought I thought he reminded me of Marshy. Like that's that's really what I thought. But like Pat Maroon, it's it's his um. It's his demeanor. It's the way he carries himself, the way he talks to the media, the way he, I don't like it at all. And it's not just the Jack Edwards thing. It was before that. I didn't like anything about him. I mean, even when he would do, you know, interviews on other podcasts, it's like, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to hear what this guy has to say. I never found him likable. And I, I, I just do not like his attitude. <laughs> I, I think you, I think you're a grinder who wins three consecutive Stanley cups. I think it goes to your head and you lose sight of who you are a little bit. I think he's only gotten worse. I don't like him one bit. If if he was here, I'm not saying I wouldn't give him a shot, but I'm saying the, the odds are low. He would have to do something pretty drastic for me to like him. I feel like it would feel like a rental the whole time. And it would always feel like, yeah, they, you know, if they win the cup, it would be like, oh, they won. And they had Pat Maroon is on the cup as a Boston Bruin. Doesn't that feel fucking gross to say that out loud? Yeah. I could get over it. I can foresee getting over it. I mean, I, how many times have I been on this podcast and lamented about how much I fucking hate Pat Maroon? And the I, even now, even the concept of him coming here, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could get used to that. It kind of ties back to how desperately I wish the Bruins had signed Dustin Bufflin when he was in the league. And now Pat Maroon, I think, is like the closest thing the league has to Dustin Bufflin. I think Reeves is is buff. Reeves I mean, was sucks. buff. Reeves he sucks now. Sucks. Yeah. Did you see what happened to him? Oh my god! He yeah, just, <laughs> dumbass just skated into the boards, and, and I don't even fell, know what happened. And then he fell down the tunnel. 
Yeah, people were like, there aren't even stairs there. Like, what happened? Why did the trainers like go He did a like, mime routine them? on his way to the dressing uh... room. <laughs> what a dummy. Uh, oh, my God. That was yeah. so funny. Yeah, I love really the Maple good. Leafs. They're, it's it's They're awesome. the most entertaining team to watch. They're sick. For the right worst on. reasons. It's so good. Oh, God. Did oh, you see the, what happened in the Blue Jackets game with them a couple days so. ago? No. The, they, so, naturally, I bet for the Maple Leafs puck line. Now, and guess what happened? Not that. No way. I checked the score. They were down. What idiots losing to the, to the Columbus Blue Jackets? They went down five to nothing. Holy shit. On home ice. And then they tied it. They had five straight goals to tie it. And then they lost. Awesome. Perfect. That's awesome. That couldn't be better. It's even better I than them just them. getting blown out five nothing. Way because they got so much hope, and then nah, nah. And you know that the Leafs fans didn't give a shit about the comeback either. They're like, they suck. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. like okay, good on them. So much. Oh, the Bruins. Uh, uh, now, uh, Ryan, another, yeah, okay, Pat Maroon, Pat Maroon. Uh, I have another it's, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. They need to get grittier. Yeah. They need to get. Yeah, we'll what they don't need to do is get um, Pat Maroon. Uh, Pat Maroon. <laughs> I was gonna try to. I was gonna try to segue. Can we please just talk about the shootout goal? Oh, we just want to jump to it. I just want to jump to it. I just want to talk about what it. What the fuck is that? Nobody like, what, knows. What you, I I can't. Ra- I watched that clip thirty times last night, and I laughed almost every single time. And I, Pete Blackburn hit the nail on the head, calling it the fuck you, good luck move. That's it. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like, I love, it's just the, like, I don't want this shit. You have this shit. Like, he's just like, eh, he's on one leg. It, it's a shot you take in warmups. It's like, that's exactly it. That's a warm up shot. And it's, it's like a careless shot in warmups. It's like just getting your arms warm and, you know, Getting your getting your balance adjusted and all that. It's not something you do in the shootout. Who does that? You know what I think it is? I think David Pasternak is secretly, maybe not that secretly. I think he's a ultra competitor in a in an individual sense. Like I think he loves to lead the league in things. I think he loves to be known as one of the best scorers. And I think. I'm not exaggerating here. This is a little stupid. It's a little radio-y. I think that there was all that shit about Connor Bedard's release and how did he release it there? And wow, what a quick release. And look at his wrist shot. And I think David Posternock said, fuck you. Look what I can do. Put me in the shootout. Let's see. Game on my stick. What can I do? How about this? Is this good? Is this going to make your highlight reel? Is ESPN going to post this one? The answer is yes. He is the purest, from a, from a scoring perspective, the purest raw talent ever seen on the Bruins. Ever seen on the Bruins. He, I think certainly will be the leading goal scorer of the Boston Bruins in in his time here. I the New fucking, York Rangers graphic. I I I love David Pasternak, and I always have, and I've never said a bad thing about him ever. And not the, once. And the New York Rangers. Um, I mean, he. I think he'd already be leading the New York Rangers in goals, right? Wouldn't he? Pop, wouldn't pass wouldn't take that much. Bear? Yeah, yeah. they the leader is like four hundred and six goals. And for reference, Brad Marchand has three hundred and eighty-five. Yeah. Pasternak has three hundred and eighteen, and he is like what twenty-eight. Pasternak is only twenty-eight. Yeah. 
what and we have him for his entire prime oh my god yeah so good uh yeah after that goal i i, I texted somebody i was like david Posnock's the greatest goal scorer i've ever seen play hockey and like that's just you know i could have added on for the bruins but like i don't really watch any other team so but just an outrageous goal to win the game on Sorokin, no less. And there's no chance. Like, there's no, like, oh, I almost had it. Like, <laughs> the way Sorokin reacted, he was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, like, what am I? I might as well not have been in the net. Like, it didn't matter that I stood in front of the net. I, there, there was no point to it. He's like, yeah, I've been doing this my whole life, man. This is my craft. This is my career. And he just made me feel like it was my first day on the job. Oh my god, he's just he's so he's so good, bro. It's just like so okay. good. Even and honestly, it's kind of I think overshadowing Coil's shootout goal. Which right, was, right. Coil's shootout numbers are nuts. Like if you are They're hovering insane. at thirty percent career, that's really fucking good. Like you're one of the best. Coil, I think now is either at or just over forty percent in like sixty attempts. That's insane. That's so crazy. And it's so high that we made the joke when they first acquired him that season. The Bruins kept losing in the shootout because nobody could score and they got coil. And we were like, oh, yeah, it's because he can fucking actually score in the shootout. But his little dipsy do dangle like roof it. So nice. We did not see Jake Jake flip the beanbag. I love that everybody knows that that's probably what he's going to try and do because we I texted you and I was like, is he going to do it? And then even Jack was like, let's see if he tosses the beanbag. Like, but he's, he's he 40.9 to... in his career. That's stupid. That's dumb. 41 out of 44 attempts. 44. Okay, 18 for 44. Bad. That's so dumb. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> since since 2019. So since so when we got him to the Bruins. Yeah, that's the season he came here. Yeah, he came at the trade fuck deadline off, dude. He <laughs> since coming to the Bruins, he's 44 <laughs> percent. OK word oh so good uh omar for 25 omar fucking huge in the shootout too yes yeah again and, uh, trade I, I we gotta modify some of these shootout rules because i don't remember who went second in that shootout for the islanders but you can't do that you can't come Barzal. in at yeah yeah you can't come in at half a mile an hour going dude holmstrom's goal was fucking nasty too oh is that the one that beat him glove side yeah the only one the yeah. Islanders scored in the shootout right, that right, was right, I, yeah. I was like god damn i'm not even mad like that was right. such yeah. a good goal like nothing you can do he like beat omar three times yeah. he had him down and then he did two more deeks just to fuck with him i think oh so good uh a couple other things um we're already going on longer than we thought we would the passing envision of kevin shattenkirk is so much greater than i thought it ever could be yeah it's great that's nuts like his pass to Pasternak for that tying goal on the power play holy shit it didn't even look like he was looking at Pasternak I don't think he was I think that was like he eyes on net passing it laterally across the ice whenever he gets the puck like I'm immediately taking account of everybody else on the ice like I stop watching him and I'm and I'm surveying the ice with him I'm like, all right, where's he going with this? And he always surprises me. Cause I mean, I, I'll think like, oh, he's just taking the safe pass here. And he'll he'll make a difficult one. And 
connects more often than not by a lot. Um, he's not afraid to sauce the puck. He's not afraid to throw it through some traffic. He And he's always looking to set somebody up. He's very rarely looking to just uh, facilitate the play and keep things moving and whatever. Like Shattenkirk gets the puck on his stick in the offensive zone and they are set up. He's looking to get something started. And Him and Pasta have good so chemistry good. too. Which to have chemistry between a defenseman and a forward like that, and if your name is not Charlie McAvoy, fantastic. I do love so you got the Pasternak one time power play goal. That's the most David Pasternak sentence you can say. Mm-hmm. And then the JVR tip goal, which is the most JVR thing you can say. And the Mason Lorai goal to die this game and send it to overtime. I was so confused when this goal happened because it was just a scramble. And like I, you can't really follow the puck all that well in this play. And all I saw was just the Bruins throwing their hands up. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And he's just throwing it from the corner boards below the red line off the back of Sorokin. As Mason Lorai does, obviously. Yeah, I think that was definitely his intention there. No doubt. An unassisted goal. <laughs> the only one. He, dude, I I like Lorai a lot. He obviously has some defensive uh, growing to do, but Big time. he's fun, man. He's fun. I like watching the kids. Give me the kids. I understand it's a season where you're not just playing the kids, but at all, give me the kids. And now we can talk about it if you want to. There, we yeah, thank you. There, there we, we should go. cut it soon, but we can talk about it. Our our baby boy, my boy. So is 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 he's not seeing the ice all too much these did days? Did you? Well, kind of. That's not totally true because he did see the third period in the Devils game and overtime and they overtime. Had, they had Potra and Lorai out on three on three overtime. That was and they that almost was one. They almost scored. Like I know. I want, dude. I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. I but, just would have shrugged at Monty like, eh, eh. See, come on, come on. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of talk about Potter right now around because I, I we talked about this a little bit and I asked you, I was like, what are your current thoughts about the Potter situation? And you were like, I'm liking it less and I'm understanding it less as time goes on. And that kind of seems to be uh, the mentality for the fandom right now that people are getting more impatient. Like, come on, man. Like, just like I get load management, but like mid game load management and like haunts, not constantly, but like frequently giving him time off. It just feels like a new thing. Like I, I don't know this to be standard procedure with young talent coming into the league is to like have them like half in half out and like getting them acclimated to it this way. And then now there's a talk uh, conversation about whether or not to lend him to team Canada for the world juniors. Which I'll just say I don't want them to because no. I, I don't because he's going to play. I think they said it's like seven games in 11 days, which is busier than he is now. And he's going to be playing like twice as many minutes. He has to travel to and from Sweden. Obviously, there's the risk of injury. And they're like, oh, it could be a confidence boost. I'm like, I don't think he needs a confidence boost. I think he just needs more ice time. Yeah. So I mean, and he, we, he, would, he would get confident by playing. Right, which, yeah. you, hey, let's do that here. And also, like, we're not in a position to let him go. It's like, we still don't have Zaka back. He'll be back soon. And at the very least, he's still helping you win hockey games. Like, he's still greatly a positive positive influence on this roster, like, every game. 
like, yeah, he's made a couple blunders. Like, even he had a, a giveaway that led up to a goal. That's going to happen. Fucking David Posnock does that every 30 seconds he's ever been alive. Like, it's, I mean, I can't compare them, and I'm not. But he gets penalized for things far more severely than I think other players do. Penalized is probably not the right word. But, again, it just kind of comes back to, like, I just think he's on a shorter leash, and I don't love it. But... So yeah, he got he did get sat for this game against the Islanders. Um, did you expect him to get sat one of these games? Um, in retrospect, yes. In the moment, I was kind of upset. Um, but after talking to you and you were like, "Yeah, I didn't expect him to play in a back to back," it's like, ah, yeah, I guess that's true because I remember Monty saying how impressed he was with Patra in the preseason playing on a back to back, and I think in retrospect, he was kind of saying like, wow, that's not something we expect from rookies to play on a back-to-back. Yeah. So with, especially with Monty's history of how he treats rookies, I guess that does check out and that makes sense. Um, but I mean, there was that whole controversy, what, like a week ago about Patra sitting. And then they came out afterwards. Monty came out afterwards and said it was a scheduled off day. So it's a little tough to swallow when you know, two weeks back to back, you're saying it's a scheduled off day. It's like, ugh, can I, can I buy that? Can I buy that? Both of those are scheduled. That's what's tough to me. I understand the back to back. It makes the other one a little harder. Cause if you know, he has a scheduled off day coming up, you know, he has a scheduled off day coming up. Why didn't he play in the, I don't remember what was it the Buffalo game. I don't know. He played in Buffalo. Um, was it the Buffalo game? I don't remember. I don't remember. It was one of, one of those games, uh, that, that he sat. Um, and it, I don't know. It makes it a little tough for me. The, the Coyotes game, maybe. They lost uh, the game he sat. So I think it was the Buffalo game. It was the Buffalo game because yeah. they lost. Because I got really snippy. And I was like, oh, I'm sure he's learning a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I did. I got really snippy. From the show. And you were like, Rob. <laughs> we have personal, yeah, 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 we have yeah, personal yeah. Twitters, both of us. Yeah, so right. Don't lump me in. Don't lump me in with Monty. With hating on Monty. Especially. Should I hint at this? No, I won't hint at it. I don't even know what you're hinting at. What time are we at? 5018. Okay. I'll I'll mark this here so I can bleep it out. But uh, especially if we're going to be. Then. Fair. Yeah, we shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, All right. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah. Um, Um, Now, did we have anything else we wanted to talk about before we take our break and then talk about the Rangers game? No, I, I mean, just to wrap that up and kind of segue, um, Patra will be playing against the Rangers. Um, I, and I say this every game, I believe that Patra's going to have a stop sitting me kind of game. Um, I think all he he's just going to need to get a couple points in a couple games for that leash to lengthen a little bit. Um because his production's down, it is. It, it it that's not to say that he's not contributing. Because he is, he absolutely is. Um, but I think until it's like really black and white, like you can't afford to take me out of this third period, out of this game, out of this back to back. Um, I would just like to see him step up like that, and I think he will. This is gonna be a great game, the Rangers game. The two of the best teams in the league yeah. right now. The two best teams in the East. Rangers games are always very interesting. Um, Saturday night at the Garden. 
it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. It'll be really good. Uh, you going? I, I am going. Yes. Well, have a great time, dude. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Yeah, let's take our break. And okay. uh, when we come back, we will talk about the Rangers game that you guys have presumably seen. Probably. All right. Don't spoil it for us. We'll be right back. All right. Bear with us. All right. We're back. They lost to the Rangers. They lost. <laughs> and we talked about how how awesome it would it felt after the Islanders game to battle back, get into overtime, and then win that game, and how different it would feel if the refs somehow influenced the game where you lost under those same circumstances. And then, Rob, that happened, like, right away. It happened big time. It happened immediately after, yeah, in the very next game. So, yeah. I, I, the, in, this may be my memory failing me a day after this game. But it feels like uh, the real ref interference came with like two penalties, both in the third period. Like it wasn't yeah. like all game long. It was just when it mattered most. Um, the ones I'm referring to were the interference call on Brandon Carlo, which was which just simply wasn't Lafreniere just like fell off his skates. He got a shove from behind from Carlo. Nothing you don't see a hundred times a game, and they call it interference. And then a little over two minutes later, they call Hampus Lindholm for high-sticking Adam Fox. Despite the fact, what happened was Adam Fox grabbed Lindholm's stick and drove it into his own face. Yeah. Which, hey, if that's a penalty, we should be doing that more. It's a pretty good strat. It, it, didn't it happen earlier this season, too? I feel like this is not the first <sighs> yeah, time did. we um, talked about this. I think it was pasta, dude. That sounds I feel like right. I, yes. I remember Pasta lifting someone's stick and them getting hit with their own stick is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. also the speaking of Pasternak, um, the his first career ejection came from this game. Wild. Wild. Uh, yeah, at the time, uh, I'll I was fight you on this one. Yeah, no, no, no. I've I've come around. Uh, at the time, I was like, yeah, that's not great. I can see that being five. And then I I wouldn't have been surprised if Department of Player Safety gave him a call. And then, like, I was like, maybe even a game. But the more I watched it, and like, after like, I gave it a day and rewatched it, I was like, no, that's like high end of that call is a five minute major. That's yeah. it. Like, that is like the most that should be. And even that is kind of like, I don't know. I think it's a major in the current temperature of the NHL. You know, given yeah. the current landscape, they're trying to get rid of that. And they talked a little bit about it on the broadcast that. They're trying to do away with that hit in general, that they want you to do the bear hug there and they want you to come in open and they want guys to lay off the shoulders in the corners. That's really hard to just tell somebody to play the game differently when they played it one way for 20 years. So uh, that's <clears throat> that's one thing about it. Uh, the other thing about it is the speed. It's It can't be overstated that when you watch a, a, a replay, at half speed that you're not watching the game. You're watching, you know, something entirely different. So the speed of that play, I mean, I talked about it a little bit on Twitter, but not to echo some of the big wigs in the hockey media space right now, but when you take all of the responsibility off of the guy who is absorbing the hit or supposed to be absorbing the hit, not turning their fucking head to the boards. When yeah, you take all it. the responsibility off of that guy, yeah, you're going to get plays where guys get hurt more. And that's just such a stupid way to go in there. You know, you're taught from such a young age to not 
lean in and reach into the corner when a guy's coming for you. You know, you're taught to pull up or to turn or to absorb it. You're to do what he did is is a great way to get hurt. Um, and I understand assessing a minor penalty there because he did board him. Uh, and you are in control of your own body and you're not supposed to make that kind of hit. I think a major is a little ridiculous there. I think a game misconduct there is just I don't understand it. I don't get it. I mean, it's it's an evolving landscape and blah, blah, blah. But I don't like that one bit. I didn't like that call at all. Uh, no. Yeah. The problem there being that. So it was only they, so they call it a boarding, but it's as uh, Pasternak selling the hit. It was on Lindgren. Yeah. Um, Lindgren is reaching for the puck and simultaneously, as you said, turning his head to the boards, like turning his numbers to Pasternak. Had he not done that, that's a shoulder-to-shoulder hit into the boards. That's a nothing burger. We don't discuss it ever. Like That doesn't get any amount of discussion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Mathot actually uh, retweeted about it, saying um, that he says, this is now becoming a trend in the league. Do players not know how to protect themselves anymore from hits? That's a routine puck retrieval with pressure. Get the wall and absorb. Never reach for a loose puck. There you go. Yeah, that that's a ridiculous. There was another misconduct given for a very similar hit that night too in the Sharks game, and it was like, "What's going on?" Like, that's was gonna there be a league call? That's a league I was gonna call say, sure. like, has have they been like, "Hey, look, we need to start cracking down and like being a bit more sensitive to these types of hits"? Because one hundred percent, it's just nothing there. It's just nothing there. No, but um, I mean, when and, you get that call from the league, and then that hit happens, and a guy gets you know a good gash from it, I think it's and, automatic for them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So not only is it shitty call, but then the Bruins lose their most valuable player for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And especially in the in OT, where Pasternak shines in three and three with extra space. He's good there. He's quite good there. Um, yeah, that was extremely frustrating. I don't I try to minimize the amount of games in the season where I'm like, the refs lost us that game. Like that was our game, and then the refs did something, and then the other team won. But it, it but it's fair. I mean I, think it's fair and it's not like obviously yeah there's more nuance to it but like Bruins are are also putting them in position to to not be winning that game and and whatever sure 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 it's not like they played an amazing game and the refs screwed them out of it it's that's not it at all if you shouldn't ever be in a position where the refs could win or lose you a game you know yeah but I mean nearly what 58 minutes and change 57 minutes and change into this game and it's a 1-0 game. Yeah. A 1-0 game. And then you call that high stick on Lindholm, which was in no way an actual high stick. And then they tie it like 10 seconds into the power play. Like that's garbage. Garbage. Under 10 to go it's in upsetting. the last last period. Yeah, that sucks. And then it was a really shitty OT for Boston straight up. Like just, they never like, looked I, good. They, I I have never really been big on the um you need to limit the league needs to limit how many times you could fall back in your own zone to regroup mm-hmm. because that's like a little too, more about laissez faire from the league. Like just like, let them go. Mm-hmm. Um, what a frustrating, frustrating OT to watch where it's just constantly back and forth, constantly not even back and forth, just constantly going back into their own zone, the Rangers that is. Mm-hmm. And again, like just another OT where the Bruins, I don't even think they touched the fucking buck. Like, no, I mean, that it just felt like, okay, is this going to be the rush where they do it? Is this going to be the rush where they do it? Like, every time they set up, it was like, all right, boys, like batting down the hatches. Here they come again. 
where, and the yeah. one where they did the one where they set it up. I mean, whoever that is that's coming down low, um, whoever it is that got the goal. I don't Trocek. He scored yeah, both it was. goals. It was his second of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As soon as he like pivoted and was like, you know, standing open with his like shoulders to the blue line, open up like that. I was like, oh, there, there it is. <laughs> it's going right to him. It's over. So and you're not putting that on Swayman, obviously, either. No. Swayman no. was the first star of this game. I'm pretty sure they said Grizz. Um, was it Grizz that got caught out there? It was for Grizz and Coil. Yeah, Grizz was out there for the entirety of OT. For sure, he was out there for like a minute 40. Yeah, that's tough. Like that's, a long, that's a long that's shift brutal. in three on three. Yeah, so um, that's brutal. Yeah, the Bruins Grizz already two. maybe not the strongest guy you want to have out there. So <sighs> Definitely not the strongest. Um, Bruins got two of the three stars in the game they lost. Way and who? Uh, Freddie was third. Fair. So, and then Fair. Igor. Uh, so I this makes okay. This about... makes no sense. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt, but th- I got to Go get ahead. this out. Trocek scored both goals for both goals for the Rangers, including the OT winner, and he yeah. wasn't a star at all. The top one star was Swayman, two was Igor Shosturkin, and then three was Frederick with one goal. How is it not Trocek Nothing. in first star? I, like because it understand. doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. That's it really why. doesn't. Who decides it now? Do we have we? It's that the, out? We looked into it before. Is it still the oil company? <laughs> it's. <laughs> it might as well be. Uh, no it it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's so superfluous. It doesn't matter. Like it's. No, but it is weird. I forgot about yeah. the Freddie Truba thing. I forgot that that was Truba yeah. that, that swung at Freddie. Uh, so that fight was something. Good game for Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. Good game for Freddie. Dude, I people like were get his hands dirty. I'm sure he would have liked that fight to have gone on a little bit longer. I kind of half expected him to fight out of the box again. You don't Dude, really see too. that anymore, but that used yeah. to be a thing. They're like, that didn't count. We got to try that one more time. Um, but yeah, no, uh, a lot of people before the fight, like it, it wasn't subtle. They had a really good angle from down low showing Freddie and Truba before a face off, like barking at each other. Um, and people were like, oh, Frederick should never, like, Frederick would never. Or like he would get fed his dinner by Truba, and obviously Jacob Truba is a, like a beast, like yeah. like one of the league's like toughest players, I would say, hardest hitting. But I don't give you got to give Freddie some credit. Like it's not like we're sending Grizzly after him. Like, did you hear all the comments about the, from the lunch pail gang this game about Frederick? Uh, that he would be like the one guy who fit in from that era. Yeah. Yeah. Also, John Winsink coached Frederick. Yeah, I don't understand how and many then guys. Also, yeah, and then Keith Kachuk before that coached Frederick. Like, mm-hmm. what is this guy's pedigree? Oh my god, he's the man. He's like he's not here by accident. No, and and my my boy Matthew Potra picking up an assist on the goal, no less. But a really good pass from JBR and a good dig goal from Frederick really, really made it happen. And then they challenged it for goaltender interference, and there was just quite literally nothing there. I mean, sure, give us I the don't... power play. We'll take it, but. Yeah, that 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 whole sequence was was strange. Like the the first goal that got waved off, I don't necessarily understand that. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It, it obviously it turned around a minute later, but. Yes. Uh, speaking of Potsy, dude, Potsy, heading to the World Juniors. Team Canada. Fairly well, dude. Uh, how long has he gone for? Uh, so it's between so there's four games for sure and then i think this they set up the seeding through those four games and then there's three potential um i don't really want to call it tournament playoff whatever 
like quarterfinal, semifinal, final games. Um, It's Team Canada. I'm sure they're projected to go fairly far. Um, I think they're projecting, assuming Canada gets to the final game, um, it would be January 8th would probably be when Patra is back. So that's no, tough. No that's that's so not no policy. Yeah, that that's. I'll try my best to hold on in the meantime. I'm gonna quickly was, count. Uh, like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, you think it was that's tough for Monty games. to let him go? It's nine games. Monty was this. like, "Dude, I I really like having you sitting here on the bench with me." <laughs> for a moment, I was like, "I don't think so, dude." No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, 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 no, I did personally come around on this a lot at first. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. like it. Like, cause if you're worried about load management, then how does him playing seven games in less than two weeks? I think it's like 11 days where he's going to be playing significantly more minutes, like twice as much, like 20 mm-hmm. to 25 minutes a game. I was like, how does that make sense? And like, he has to fly to where I think it's Sweden and then back. Um, but whatever, that aside, you got Zaka coming back now. Uh, Geeky is apparently remembering that he can play top line, although they don't even have him there anymore. There is um, no top line. There is no top line. There's the line. There's with no Boss any lines on it. No, there, there's no lines. Yeah. Uh, just but, throw the guys out there. You, <laughs> they kind of want to know what he's doing. Dude. I want to know what he's doing. Like, like how he's deciding every day. Quite literally, the second shift of the game, they were already off of the lines that they were project that like they were starting with. I um, mean, whatever, it's just how it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would like if he just like stuck with the lines for a week. Yeah, there's um, who am I? I'll close up Potra again real quick. So with mm-hmm. those things that I, I with Zaka coming back and Kiki playing well at center, it's like okay, we maybe we can't afford to let him go for a bit. But nine games, that's kind of tough. Um, I'm going to be watching all of those games. Wouldn't have given sure. a shit before, but I'm going to be watching now. I'll be clipping like hell. I'll be looking for Potra. Yes. Twenty points. Give me twenty points from Potra. Uh, Is he wearing fifty-one? I would think so. Um, I hope. I would hope. I, I would really, I mean, best case scenarios, he goes over there, he lights it up, he wins gold, he comes back energized, confident, ready to carry that momentum over. And I think that's what Bruins management is really hoping for, too. Mm-hmm. He kind of, you know, he he cooled down a bit. Like, he's still good, still like good for a point here and there. Like, he had the assist on the last goal. Um, but I, I think it is their belief that this will be very energizing for him in the return to form. Cause if he's holding right. his own fairly well against the NHL, I would think he's going to demolish people. Yeah. Like, I don't even understand how eligibility for that works. Cause I feel like if you're, right. you know, putting up good numbers in the NHL, like you maybe shouldn't be allowed to go to that, but who knows? Who right. cares? doesn't yeah. matter. Good for him. I'm glad that he gets to, and I think it's going to be a confidence booster. I think he's going to go out there and light it up. And I think it's cool that Team Canada reserved a spot on the roster for him. Mm-hmm. There's like him and like a Buffalo's prospect, uh, Buff Buffalo's Buffalo Sabres prospect. That they were like, "Hey, if you want, we saved us, we saved a seat at the table for you if you're interested." So I think that speaks to his skill level and yeah, how uh, attractive he would be to them. So hot dude. to everyone. So fucking yeah, he's hot, hot, hot kid. He's a, he's, he's a <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, 
Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, our last episode. Um, so there's a lot of, maybe not a lot, but there is some vitriol about uh, Marshan Zaka Pasternak. And the consensus, not again, not consensus, but the, the, the belief seems to be that on paper, this is good. But in practice, it just does not work like that. Those three don't work very well together. More specifically, Zaka just doesn't center well for those two players. Um, I am of the opinion I would like to keep Geeky up there. I think that's I think he's earned it. I think he's shown that he can hold his own up there. It reminds me a lot of when Craig Smith had to fill in for Bergeron. Um on the perfection line. Mm-hmm. And then he was just producing like crazy. It was the same thing. You're like, why the, why are you just always playing like this? Like do this all the time. Well, part of that is playing with the perfection line. I you mean, know yeah, what I sure, mean? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when Jake's production is down, you know, like last year, at least they would put him with, you know, uh, Pasternak and, and Bergeron or, or Bergeron and Marshan. And then he produces for a week and it's like, well, yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, he's going to get some more points when those are his line mates. Um, I think Geeky, though, is a little bit different because it's not just numbers. It's the way he plays. I think he needs to be surrounded by guys that are of a higher caliber because it makes him dig. It makes him... He seems like he's always trying to earn his spot or at least, you know, over this small sample size he has been. I like him on the top line. I like him there because Coyle, Coyle's such like a, a, a professional you can stick him with anybody. And I think he's still going to give you that same effort. I think he's just recognized that he needed to step up this year. And I think he's done it. I think you could put him on the fourth line and he would still bring that same intensity where it seems like geeky kind of needs it. Um, but yeah, I think it goes beyond having those guys produce points for him. I think it, it brings something out of his play. That's a little beyond that. Yeah. They had a coil between Heinen and DeBrusque. I like that. Um, and then it's JVR Geeky Freddy, which honestly I I don't hate that either. Um, I I I should add on the caveat when I was talking about the Zaka thing that like I don't I'm not quite of the opinion that like I'm like oh I hate that. Like maybe I'll keep an eye out for it more now. I guess I never noticed it. Um, mm-hmm. I I would imagine maybe it's one of those like the advanced stats support that they don't work very well together. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever we'll see. I mean we're still. We're in a solid position. Like we're. They're also we're not right. going to play anybody with each other for more than a shift. So yeah, well, it doesn't. It, it, it's honestly the funniest thing. Like how much discussion is there among like all the podcasts, like all of the writers about the lines, and it's just pointless because there isn't four lines. There's twelve forwards, and he's just mixing and matching and creating on the fly all the time. Like every shift. It's like, oh, that's a new trio. Like so mm-hmm. much so that you're like, I don't even know if that's what he meant to send out or somebody got caught in a change or something. Yeah. Where it's nearly impossible to have any I feel like they're idea. always caught in a change. Yeah. Where I'm like, caught. why is why is Jake with them? Like, oh, they must be name. they must be short. No, they all just hopped. You good podcast no name. Caught in a change. Yeah, long long change sounds like the name of a pod. I go he says hi man uh anything else any other big b's news dude anything else from around the game nothing crazy no i 
I asked about I asked Mark Allred about uh, Mark McLaughlin because I was very curious about where what happened. Ichabod, to him. dude. Ichabod Crane, the man himself. Oh, long neck. Uh, he gave a less than inspiring response. He said, um, it's an up and down scale for me. Sometimes he's noticeable and others not so much. Nothing screams down in Providence that he needs to be recalled. So a continued work in progress, in my opinion. It's a little disappointing. Um, you would think that a guy who got the call up and not only got the call up a couple seasons ago, but answered like, well, like, made a splash up here. Yeah. Yeah. Like was scoring like crazy at the garden too. Like so much of that. I was like, I, you immediately, maybe not immediately, but I was like, he could be a critical piece to the bottom six for this team. Like I saw him as like a Chris Kelly esque, like hard work, uh, big on the PK, like good defensively, will contribute here and there offensively. And the, and he's like third lining it in Providence. So, oh, we, the Lysel thing. We should definitely talk about the Fabian Lysel oh, thing. Oh my God. What are we dragged, doing? Dragged. Uh, so if you didn't see, uh, the head coach of the Providence Bruins was asked about Lysel's development, and he gave a less than inspiring response where he was basically like, well, um, it, the, the summary of it was that he's not as far along as he should be, and he's still trying. They're trying to work things out of his game. Um, and the, the big line that people are quoting um, is he needs to bu- start to buy in or he won't be playing for Jim Montgomery, which to me sounds like he's playing selfish hockey. And then the one of the examples he gave about something that he needs to work out of his game is that there was like an opportunity, like one point in the game where he tried a one on four instead of just like getting the puck in. He's like, he needs to stop doing that. So that's a little upsetting here yeah. from what was considered to be probably your top prospect. I think that has been passed to Lori at this point and or Patra. Um, so that's a little iffy. And the first the, thing I ever heard problems of what? the problems that you could have with him being too confident isn't terrible. It's not maybe necessarily the kind of guy that you want to play with or the way to fast track your way into the league. But um, I guess I would rather hear that I'm trying to be optimistic here. I guess I would rather hear that than hear he's just not keeping up or, you know, he's not working out enough or something like that. You know, if he's getting fat and lazy and not caring, that would be a lot worse to me than uh, he's trying to do too much. So that's something. Yeah, it is. I, I would just counter with the first thing I ever heard about him was his attitude problem mm-hmm. um, that they were like, I, I think he was the one that got like Marshan comparisons were like really talented, but like the extracurriculars, he's really got it. They got to iron out. Um, yeah. So, and that was years ago at this point, this is his second season in Providence, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would, you would think that'd be ample opportunity. Still nasty. Like he had a power play goal last night or the night before, maybe just ripped it. Like we're fucking great shot. Killer shot. Another thing from his scouting report on top of being a, problematic because he's got a rifle but eh. but it is i think it was this came from the fact that a lot of fans were like hey why are we not calling up our top prospect or lysel if you want to not call him your top prospect and i was like because he's not there yet like he's not he's not he hasn't earned it i think is a lot of it too and while the team is up and down is really not the time to bring in somebody who might be playing selfishly i think that would be a great time to cause some infighting mercurial 
would be the word, I think. Excuse you? Mercurial. What is that? Let me give you the... Does that have to do with mercury? Kind of, I think, actually. Mercurial. Of a person subject to sudden or unpredictable changes of mood or mind. Volatile. Capricious. Temperamental. Excitable. Fickle. And you're saying light cell is mercurial? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Is what is this? Subtitle? What is this inquisite mercurial? I don't know. I was I thinking know. black and gold versus black and white. Because the refs. The refs, dude. Thank you for filling <laughs> that out for me. I was like, oh, because old, because of the lunch pail, because the 70s were not in black and white. They didn't have color in the 70s. Everything was in black and white. Yeah, it was invented in 85. Back to the future. Then he steps forward in Oz. Terry O'Reilly with like 2,100 pims. That's been Legend. that's so fucking cool. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I think he averaged like three a game. And he like, got his number in the rafters. That's so good. I love that. So cool. <laughs> Uh, hockey's yeah, the, cool, man. Hockey used time. to be cooler. It, it was. Okay. And I didn't I, watch it. This is me being crazy. So I knew they hey. played Tuesday. And then I heard several other places people kept saying Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. And it just like got into my head. And I was like, okay, I guess they're playing Wednesday. They're playing Tuesday. So I don't know who you are, person who made me doubt myself. But how dare you? Because they do play tomorrow, and- Tuesday. Uh, they're playing the Minnesota Wild. I will be betting on Charlie Coyle to have a game. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's his former team, but my goodness, does Charlie Coyle show up against the Minnesota Wild? Um, uh, I uh, I met a Wild fan this week. We played the Wild. Met the uh, Wild fan, the 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 singular fan of the Minnesota Wild. First of all, we say that's about every team. I make that joke about every talk team that next, is. Before we talk next, we will have played uh, the Minnesota Wild two times. Um, which That's is crazy. weird. That is weird. But uh, now I was talking to him because we were talking about college hockey, right? This guy is sitting at the bar with a Vikings hat and Vikings jersey. I don't even think the Vikings were playing. This is Saturday night. And uh, they might have been. I don't know. Uh, and uh, I we start talking college hockey. He's talking about BU. I know a little bit about college hockey. We're talking about BU. And uh I'm like, dude, let me ask you, because he's from Minnesota, as it turns out, right? I'm like, let me ask you, more people care about like the gophers there or the wild? And he's like, it's not close. It's the wild. And that blew my mind. I was yeah, like, what a... yeah, I was like, you're, you're kidding me, dude. Like, that's, there's no way. And he's like, no, man, because like, I'm not even a gophers fan. I'm a North Dakota fan. A lot of people in Minnesota take, uh, you know, college fandoms of, of other schools and whatever. It's not just Minnesota, but everybody in the region is a wild fan. He he told me look up the sellout numbers. He he had the number right off the top of his head. He was like, yeah, dude, eighteen thousand six hundred and thirty one every game, and uh, looked pretty it up, cool, and that's, that's pretty damn true. Um, that he he said the only time it gets more full is for the high school hockey tournament. That they open up extra standing room to make it like twenty one thousand, which is. Straight up bananas, but uh, I guess people really do care about the wild out there, which blew my mind. I know it's the hockey state and whatever, but it always felt like ugh, like they they know they don't have a legit team. They have the fucking wild. Like they deserve a real team out there. They think of them as a real team. They care a lot more about the NHL than college hockey, which blew my mind. So I know that seems like it shouldn't shock me, but it but it did. So they're playing the wild a couple times. <laughs> 
And the Wild aren't great uh, right now. The only reason they're not at the bottom of the Central Division is because the Chicago Blackhawks exist. Um, Yeah, the Wild are 12-12-4. They are on a three-game winning streak. They're 7-3-0 in their last 10. So honestly, recently, that's not bad. Um, Head-to-head against the Bruins, you got to take the Bruins every time, especially with the return of Charlie McAvoy. I'm fucking stoked about that. I mean, who isn't? But that's a guy that you really you miss every single night. Every time you win or lose the game, you're like, man, really miss Chuck tonight. Yeah. Um, because the only reason we've left, lost him this season was because of that suspension. Mm-hmm. He even said he had no problem with the hit that injured him too. Which I'm like, oh, so did was it or was it not the elbow to your head that injured you? Because you guys were acting like that's not what Turns it was. Turns out, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was told mm-hmm. it wasn't that hit, dude. It's upper body. It's above the neck, but it's not his head. It's not a <laughs> concussion. He just got elbowed in the head, and now he has a tummy ache. Unrelated. Um, This is our last episode before Christmas, dude. Is it really? Yeah. I will say, uh, if they happen to have a crazy game tomorrow, I'd be down to do an episode because they're they don't play again until Friday. I'm always down to talk hockey with you, dude. There were two, let's, let's go with you. Let's oh, come on, dude. You're my friend, dude. I mean that. Uh, <laughs> bottom not... of my heart, dude. You're my friend. Uh, what was I gonna say? <laughs> you pissing baby me crew? off, making me forget about what. I, oh, so last Christ- episode before Christmas, Christmas, dude. Let's do a let's do a lame little part of the show where I ask you what you want for Christmas. Uh dude. Everyone in my life keeps asking me this. Mm-hmm. Every everyone in my life wants to give well, me. Yeah, gift. what a bunch it's of funny assholes! Things. I know, dickheads. Uh, I don't know because the okay, moment thanks. I started like having a salary in my life, I just started getting any like not anything. Like if if I want something, I just get it. And, like it's just the part of being a, an adult child is with money. Is like yeah, oh, I could just get things for me. So by the time Christmas comes around, people are like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. I have too many things already. I want a bunch of small things. And every time I tell somebody in my life, they're like, oh, come on. Like, you got, you can get something better than that. It's like, no, that, please, those are the thick, please. That's what I need. Please. Right. I need, I need a cable. I need a USB-C to USB-C. Please. I don't want to go out and get it. I don't want to wait for it to come in the mail. Those are the things I need. Can you go get me a coffee? Like, <laughs> It's shit like that. Dude, I was going to buy myself a coffee maker because, well, so here's the thing. I have a three-year-old, right? So we wake up Christmas morning, Santa, all that, right? But I started to wonder, I'm like, is he going to notice that there's nothing under the tree for me? Is he going to be like, Dad, why didn't Santa bring you anything? So I was like, oh, I'll buy myself some stuff. So I was going to get a new coffee maker. But then I started to think, what if somebody else gets me a coffee maker? So now I can't get myself anything because now I'm paralyzed with the fear that people are going to get me all the things that I want. And they're not going to. And then the 26th will come around and I'll buy it for myself and I'll feel like nobody in my life has ever loved me or ever could love me. Do you have any other thoughts on the Bruins or are you ready to wrap up this episode? I'm going to buy you a coffee maker right now, but I'm not going to get, but I'm not going to give it to you until <laughs> December 27th. <laughs> <laughs> no gift receipt. Uh, no, I don't get anything else. Uh, excited to watch Potter juniors. Uh, excited to have Chuck and Zaka back. Um, Keeping an eye on that top line of Zaka to see if people are right. And then keeping an eye on Gigi to see if he can keep up that uh, level of intensity and production, even when he's not on the top line. 
Because I think he showed his hand. We're like, hey, you don't get to just not do this now that you're not on the top line. Because yep. it wasn't even like he was capitalizing on plays that his linemates were making. He was doing all of the work himself. He's creating like, plays. Oh. Yeah. He's creating so space, like, creating cool. Plays. Do that on the third line now with JVR and Freddie, please. So we'll keep an eye on. And Jeremy Swayman's amazing. And Olmark is fucking amazing. God damn. Trade them both. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. Too right. young. Okay, that's all I got. Too, too young. All right, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Uh, go Bees. They're going to win. Oh, yeah, so we got these three games at home versus the Wild, in Winnipeg, and then in Minnesota. What do you uh, What do you predict here? 3-0. I kind of say 3-0 too, three dude. 3-0. 3 0, one of them. Winnipeg is good. Dude, Winnipeg's a very good team. I think that's going to be a really good game. Winnipeg game. People sleep on Winnipeg games. They're good. Very goalie esque. 4 1 Bs in Winnipeg. Oh. Yeah. yeah. 3 3 0. 3 0. Confident. Third game in Minnesota goes to OT. Bs win. David Pasternak. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. As always, you find us on social, blah, blah, blah. The March store's open. Christmas time. Bang, bing, bing, bong. Uh, have a great time, everybody. Go Bruins. I'm running out of things to say. And as I'm always, waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> I didn't want to keep talking. As always, thanks. Bear for with out. me. Throw the cat off the cliff. <laughs>